0: Hey, all Welcome back to the Real Life Pharmacology Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Christensen. Uh, If you want to track us down, check us out at reallifepharmacology.com. Definitely take advantage of that uh, free uh, 30-plus page PDF on the top 200 drugs. If you're studying for pharmacology uh, or just looking to pick up some uh, clinical practice pearls, definitely go uh, snag that PDF for free at reallifepharmacology.com. And uh, we'll also get you updates as far as when we have uh, new podcasts available. So the drug I'm going to cover today is a combination product that I am seeing periodically now. Fluticasone, Umacladinium, and vilanterol is the combination. So this is an inhaled medication primarily for the use of COPD. It's a combination medication. Obviously, it's got three different drugs. So, the fluticasone is an inhaled corticosteroid. Umaclidinium is a long-acting anticholinergic. And volanterol is a long-acting beta-2 agonist. Okay, So, one of the big clinical advantages with this medication is it's dosed once a day, and we've got three medications within it. Now that can that can be a good and, and a bad thing. Obviously, the once daily is a huge advantage uh, for patients. It's a very convenient thing to use. You you know can factor it into your daily routine versus a medication that you know you maybe do two or three times a day. That gets a little bit trickier sometimes for some patients uh, to follow that regimen. So more doses you add throughout the day. Uh, the more and more likely uh, that you're going to see patients uh, skip doses, miss doses, forget doses, or whatever the case may be there. So uh, this uh, triple therapy combination uh, is a dry powder inhaler. Uh, A couple of housekeeping things. uh, Throw away uh, the medication once it's been removed from the foil pouch uh, within six weeks. Okay? Okay. So important to to educate patients those. But if we're using it once a day, as we should be, or as the the patient is likely uh, instructed to do, uh, we should be out of that medication well before uh, six weeks is up there. Uh, Also, educate your patients. Keep tabs on uh, the counter on the device. Uh, I have definitely uh, seen patients not pay attention to that. And they just start using it, using it, using it, using it. And they don't think about replacing it. And then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, my counter's at zero. Okay, well, how many doses uh, have you not gotten? How many days did this go on? Um, And we can look back at refill records and things like that to track that down. Um, But just very, very important education point. Uh, Simple and easy, uh, but something a patient might not think about and, and might forget about. Okay, so let's talk about adverse effects a little bit. Um, you know, thinking about the mechanism. So the fluticasone, that's going to act on inflammation. Uh, Umaclidinium is going to act uh, as an anticholinergic, kind of open up that airway, uh, maybe help dry the airway out, dry up secretions, things of that nature. And then Volantrol, long-acting beta agonists, they're, they're going to act uh, as an agonist on those beta receptors, open up that airway, and allow for uh, easier re- breathing. And an important education point for patients as well, I think it's common sense to anybody that's worked in healthcare, but for patients it's not, where you've got to recognize that this is not meant for acute relief, and um, because of the the cost of Trilogyellipta, it, it can potentially uh, have the risk of being rationed by patients because they know it's expensive and you know maybe they don't feel like they can afford to um, purchase it every month or three months, however much uh, they're getting in their uh, insurance plan or if they're paying cash or whatever the case may be. So uh, very, very important to um, assess some of those issues with that. Now, As I was getting to adverse effects, so inhaled corticosteroid, the first thing I think of is flush, uh, excuse me, thrush, and we need to kind of flush out or um, rinse out the mouth after using this medication. So we potentially uh, help reduce the risk of that infection going on. Uh, Umaclidinium, uh, that's long-acting anticholinergic, uh, by far in clinical practice, the most common thing I see with patients is going to be dry mouth, uh, Volanterol, long-acting beta agonist. Uh, you can see some tachycardia, can see some tremor. Uh, you know, that tachycardia, that's more on the, the beta-1 agonist activity side. Um, probably pretty unlikely in, in most situations, um, but do keep it in mind in the, the odd chance you, you see... A bump in heart rate, or or you know a little bit more shakiness, or something like that. Most often, I would say it's when patients are using frequent short-acting um, beta agonists like albuterol on top of long-acting beta agonists, where I've seen uh, more potential for adverse effects. There are some rare things that you may see in the package insert um, on a clinical scale. I mean they. They don't rate terribly high on my clinical radar, um, but something that that you may need to think about. So, whenever you give a steroid, there is risk for HPA suppression. Um, again, the systemic absorption you're you're getting is is fairly minimal, and the the risk of that is um, ultimately pretty low with any inhaled corticosteroid in in general. There, um, also other adverse effects from um, inhaled steroid, you know, reduced bone mineral density, you know, some of these cl- uh, systemic side effects likely aren't going to be um, terribly worrisome in a patient that's taking um, an inhaled corticosteroid. It's something that's on my radar, but, um, you know, I, I don't necessarily think um, too much about it because patients with, you know, severe CO- COPD on these This combination of medications, uh, their breathing is probably way more important than um, some of the minor risks uh, associated with uh, the adverse effect profile, given uh, how little is going to be absorbed uh, systemically. So let's take a quick break from our sponsor and we will wrap up with drug interactions. If you're in the market for pharmacist board certification study materials, like BCPS, BCACP, uh, MTM certification, ambulatory care, geriatrics. Definitely go check out meded101.com slash store. Uh, In addition, I've had questions on NAPLEX content. We've got links uh, to our website, RxGrad, there as well. Definitely go check that out if you're a pharmacy student. Uh, For other healthcare professionals, we've got professional development uh, type things and also um, audible books, paperback books um, that definitely teach a lot of clinical pearls and real world stuff. So definitely go check out um, all those links and resources and support our sponsor, meded101.com store. All right, so let's finish up on drug interactions here uh, with inhaled medications uh, for COPD, for asthma, Generally, I'm not terribly concerned about drug interactions. With that said, um, you know, you think of uh, like volantarol, long-acting beta agonists, you know, we could have that additive effects if we have other medications that can maybe uh, increase that pulse, cause tachycardia. There could be some additive effects from volantarol there. Um, There could also be opposition from something like a a non-selective beta blocker. So, you know, the, the level of clinical significance can certainly vary. Um, something to think about, especially if patients are reporting that they're not responding um, to the medication. Okay, their breathing's getting worse, for example. Um, those are, are good situations to stop and say, hey, take a look. What the heck is going on? Is it, is it a drug interaction? Are they taking their medications appropriately? Uh, is this a worsening of their condition? So, taking a, a a quick stop and think about what's going on with that patient and what might have caused a, a worsening of symptoms. Uh, corticosteroids, so inhaled corticosteroids. If you've got patients on immunosuppressants already, you know that could potentially increase that risk of, of thrush uh, even further. So, things like tacrolimus, cyclosporin, imm- immunosuppressives like that could increase that risk. Uh, rarely you know, you may see some alterations um, in potassium from long-acting beta agonists or beta agonists in general. Uh, I would say it is pretty low on my uh, clinical radar. But if you've got a patient on, uh, let's say, thiazide diuretics, loop diuretics, and that potassium uh, is dropping on account of that, you beta agonists could, in, in theory, add to that effect. Again, not real high on my radar, um, but there is potential as doses of labotherapy increase, uh, it could potentially exacerbate that. And then dry mouth. I, I think about anticholinergics and having that additive effect. So if you've got a patient on diphenhydramine, hydroxazine, TCA, any other anticholinergic medication that can cause dry mouth, for example, um, we could potentially exacerbate that side effect through a drug interaction with umiclidinium. so some things to think about there with with drug interactions I would say again not crazy prevalent uh, but something you should uh, definitely be aware of keep tabs on and at least have in the, the back of your mind there so if you liked the podcast today if you picked up a few clinical pearls uh, definitely go leave us a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you're listening Uh, Share us with a friend, colleague, uh, student maybe that you're precepting. Uh, Definitely help them um, understand medications better and uh, learn from uh, folks who've been there. So uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, Take care. Have a great rest of your day. Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto.